honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Silas Realty Group. Silas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I am Alex Doherty, and today with me is Sean Smith. As always, Sean, what is up? We're here to talk some hockey. How are you? Got, got a big hockey weekend coming up myself, headed up to uh, somewhere between Milwaukee and Chicago for ah. a youth tournament. The land, the land of hockey, land in somewhere of hockey. in between Chicago and Milwaukee. We all know it well. Today on the show, the Preds win an exciting game at home in overtime to the Leafs, but they lose their follow-up game last night to the Canucks. We're going to talk about both of those games. Sean has some big opinions about the Canucks game, uh, so I hear. It's true. We will also be joined on the show by Preds' first-round pick in the 2023 uh, NHL draft Tanner Mullendike calling in from Saskatoon. He is uh, right in the middle of a season with the Saskatoon Blades, and we're going to talk to him about that and uh, everything else going on with him. So that'll be very exciting. Tune in for that. We're also going to analyze the Preds' power play, what's going on with that unit, and at the end of the show, the three on three draft, of Ooh. course. But we're going to start today with the puck drop topic. And the topic is this, Sean. Is the Maple Leafs win from last Saturday? Is that the biggest win for the Nashville Predators of this season so far? Now, there have only been four wins. So there's it's slim pickings, but is it the biggest win? So let's just do a quick reminder of the wins. A 3-0 win over Seattle. A 4-1 win over the Rangers on the road. A 5-1 win over the Sharks at home. And then the 3-2 overtime win over the Leafs. So... I'm going to go ahead and just hand it over to you. Is the Maple Leafs win the biggest of those four wins? I'm going to go with a no, Alex. Oh, okay. Why? I say no. I Well, first off, I think that the Rangers game is probably the biggest win for them. And, I, and the reason for that, Rangers Rangers are the third-ranked team in the league right now. They're, uh, they're second in the East. And and to me, you look at the Maple Leafs and you see you see the flash, right? You see, mm-hmm. you see Austin Matthews, right? And you're like, oh, wow, you know, that was really impressive. But... Uh, you know, that was an overtime win, and it was certainly exciting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, excitement counts here, but mm-hmm. I feel like the Rangers win was a much more – it was just – it was sheer domination. Okay. I'm going to go with the, the the Leafs win being the biggest win. Um, the Toronto – everything around the Toronto Maple Leafs, when it comes to the NHL, is just bigger, right? Yeah, they're well. The, they're the Texas of the NHL. Everything's bigger in Toronto. That's what I'm saying. That's, okay. that's the analogy. Yeah, I agree with that. So, okay, so <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs are everything that any any Canadian hockey outlet is going to talk about what the Leafs are doing, and whenever you beat the Maple Leafs, it's a big deal. So I, that's where I'm coming from with that. But also, I really think that they just they took it to them like it was a close win, uh, a close win on the score sheet, and it was an overtime win. But I mean, I really think that they had a they had a Decent start. They had some power play action with Ryan O'Reilly getting two goals, which we'll talk about. They also had the overtime scenario where they just kind of dominated the overtime. Roman Yossi getting that goal. So I think it's the Leafs. Well, I, and I think, too, you know, again, overtime wins are exciting. Mm-hmm. And the Preds, ha- I think the Preds have been 
at least in recent history, pretty impressive in overtime. So, I mean, anytime you win in overtime, it's exciting, mm-hmm. even if it comes down to, to, to a shootout. It, it doesn't matter to me. So there we go. We are going to talk about the two games from the last week. We're also going to uh, interview Tanner Molendijk. Like we said, that's going to come in the second segment. We're going to talk about the power play and a lot more. So uh, just remember that you can also text the show. If you would like to text us a question, a comment, something you want to say about the Nashville Predators, you've probably got a hot take out there. I'm sure of it. Text us at 615-737-1025. Send that text in. We will talk about it on the air if we get time. Um, let's talk about the Maple Leafs game because we just did that. Um, so here's how everything went down. The The penalty kill gets started, uh, gets things started by allowing a goal. <laughs> uh, William Nylander on the backside gets a goal. It's one nothing Leafs. But then Mr. 1000 Games, Ryan O'Reilly in game number 999 of his career, takes advantage of some pretty poor goaltending by Samsonov and ties it up. He gets a little uh, little pass down there on the power play, scoots over and just slides it in. Uh, pretty nice goal there. I mean, goaltending, I don't know. A little spotty. A little spotty. questionable. Yeah, Samsonov, I don't know. Uh, then, uh, speaking of questionable, the fourth line for the Predators really did not do very well uh, in that game. There was a particular sequence where, and the fourth line we're talking about in this game was Liam Foody, Yuso Parson, and Philip Tomasino. They got caught out there on a long, bad shift, and uh, Mark Giordano uh, puts the Leafs up 2-1. to one. But then, another power play scenario for the Predators. Philip Forsberg gathers the puck on the left side, sends a really just pinpoint pass to Ryan O'Reilly in the front of the net, and he tips it right on goal for the set, her, his second power play goal and a game-tying goal. And then from there on, I just felt like the Predators dominated. Third period, overtime, they kind of owned the rest of the game. I so, agree. And then Roman Yossi gets the winner for his first goal of the year. And it was it was pretty, too. It was. The uh, whole uh, sequence. Little Yeah, and let's, let's not forget Mr. Tommy Novak... What did he do? All he did was he stole the puck from Austin Matthews some on the board. Some guy, some unknown out <laughs> there. Some, some some, just guy and stole it from him, took the puck down and gathered it in and then uh, started the rush that led to the Yossi winner. So a great, great game. But let's let's talk about the Canucks game. Okay. Do you want to just start with what, you're, what you want to say about the Canucks game? Okay, so here's my thing about the Canucks game. And, okay. and I, I really... I will say I appreciated what the Preds were doing in this game, despite mm-hmm. the outcome and, and you know the lopsided score, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there were some situations, maybe a penalty here or there, that were, in my opinion, questionable that kind of led to some situations that allowed the Preds to lose control of the game. But I feel okay. like they played a very fast and aggressive game. In fact, after that questionable penalty that led to a goal – Gosh, I feel like they were probably the fastest I'd seen them skate and play and the most intensity I'd seen them play with in in maybe this whole season. I mean, they looked like they were on it. When we talked earlier about not wanting it as much as the other team, Mm -hmm. it seemed like that message was received. Got it. It seemed like they wanted it worse than the Canucks did, even though the outcome wasn't what they wanted. But I'm going to tell you, what I think the Canucks did in both games that really just stifled the Preds' offense. And that was they are just setting up at the blue line and making it really hard for them to get a good controlled zone entry, forcing dump-ins. And despite the way the team played under John Hines, this current configuration of the team does not seem to be set up for 
playing dump and chase hockey. Okay, um, I, I, I think I think to some extent you're right. I I I saw. Here's what I watched in the first period of the Canucks game. I I thought that the Predators came out extremely fast and were were really just pushing it. And I mean, I thought they had some really good chances. They got the the we haven't really talked about it yet, but the penalty shot from Liam Foodie. He uh, he didn't have the right. Uh, <laughs> It kind of went wrong on him. I mean, he, he his little toe pick there. Ice is slippery. Yeah, so that was kind of a problem. But you know, I, I do think that they they came out pretty hot, and then they they get the two goals, the two goals in thirty seconds uh, from Colton Sissons and Dante Fabro. Uh, great shot from Dante Fabro, and I think there was uh, there was a lot of momentum. You know, I, I, I there was some weird stuff going on. And I think my takeaway this might be unfair, but my takeaway from that game. I really kind of think you needed a little bit more from Kevin Lankinen. Okay. Two of those goals were a little bit of a rebound situation. At least, I know the first one was, and then the the JT Miller goal was a little bit, just watching that one again, like he it just didn't quite get there and didn't okay. quite have the, uh, didn't quite have the, the handle on it. So, you know, I mean, Kevin Lankinen is... He's not UC Soros, but you kind of want him to be a little bit better than better than that. I mean, am I being unfair? I don't think you're being unfair. I mean, you can you can chalk up a couple of those, like you said, to weird bounces, rebounds, things like that. But mm-hmm. all in all, you know, it's 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 pretty easy to say. I think I think at the end of the night, Lankanen probably wanted a few of those back. I mean, you can always say that, but I mean, you're saying that you know these were not elite shots. These were not as I I believe, if I'm using the term correctly, Alex. These should not have been expected goals. Is that right? Yeah, you're using that correctly. Ooh, look at <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, yeah, so it, I, I just my opinion. I think Lankinen maybe could have played a little bit better. Uh, Pedersen's goal. Um, that, okay, P- Pedersen's second goal was just a great play by him and great shot. I mean, he's he's a very good shooter. But the first one wasn't all that great, and then the, his third goal was an empty netter, I believe. So, um, yeah, it, I, I think I think think about it like this. If UC Soros was in that game, I, I think maybe it's possible for them to win that game. I think it could. I think it could happen. I'm with you. I, I, I'm on board with that thought. I think it could be like two two in the third instead of instead of four two. Sure, I, I believe you. Yeah. So um, yeah. Any any other final thoughts? You know what I was wondering. I kept seeing the. Uh, <laughs> it felt like a lot of people were falling in that one end of the ice. No, I agree. And, and I mean, where specifically where Foodie fell? Like he, yeah. it was like a. It was somewhere maybe three feet, four feet above the circle, like where he toe picked. Right, and then like someone else fell really near there. But you you got to think where where are they located? They're in the they're in the Pacific Northwest, right? A lot of a lot of moisture in the air. Ice okay. conditions are probably a little bit different. Oh yes, okay. I I, I don't I, know where you were going with that, like Bigfoot or something. I mean, really, <laughs> you're gonna blame? Well, I don't know. You're talking about the Pacific Northwest. I had no idea where you were, where you're going with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say the ice conditions were because of the rampaging Sasquatch population that comes through there. <laughs> Makes sense. Just a big problem they have with ice conditions. Uh, it's I, just yeah. Every time you look up, someone's chasing off another Sasquatch. Yeah, right. Get exactly. out of here. <laughs> uh, well, the the predators are still in the uh, the area of the rampaging Sasquatches when they go to Seattle here in a minute. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I I think that was a that was a tough game. You know, they've now lost two to the Canucks, which is not great. I mean. I, Vancouver's not bad. No, I mean they're not a bad team. No, Quinn I, Hughes is great. The, the Vancouver is doing doing really well, I believe. I don't I don't see why 
we would we would mm-hmm. look at that as like, oh well, you know, the Canucks. I mean, the Canucks are quite frankly a, a solid team right now. Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I think you know the Predators where they at where they're at right now. They're four and five, uh, and I think that that makes sense. We're still we're still seeing a lot of things kind of work. They're, they're working out some things. They're trying to figure out their penalty kill. They're trying to figure out the power play, which has improved, and we'll talk about later. They're trying to get some of their lineup situation, and they're still dealing with injuries. Cody Glass is now out for another week or two. Yeah, there's a chance he returns. Sometime during this road trip, we don't know. I mean, I'm just going to say, I think it would be probably nice if he could get back for the Winnipeg game. Yeah, that'd be great. That's the end of the road trip, so we'll see if that happens. But um, So, speaking of uh, that area, Pacific Northwest and uh, the the BC area and areas of Canada and the western side of of the country, we are going to, when we come back have someone from that area, Ooh. Tanner Molendyke, first-round draft pick of the Nashville Predators in 2023. He's going to join us and talk about uh, all kinds of stuff, so we're really looking forward to that. But uh, until we do that, Nashville, if you're looking for a house to buy, sell, or invest in, look no further than Salas Realty Group. Salas is not just about property, they're about people. And they build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit SalusRealtyGroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way. Let sends it across. One-timer scores! Tanner Molendyke, one times the puck for the top of the right circle between the five hole of Drew Sim. As moving in, a shot save made, rebound loose in front. Kick back up high, Molendyke onto it, shoots and scores! Hansen gives it to Molendyke. Blades have it, Molendyke makes a turn against Armstrong and Geeky. Long shot save is made, the rebound, he scores! Roulette has it again on the left wing. Back across for Molendyke again, he shoots and scores! Nashville is proud to select Tanner Molendyke from Saskatoon. Welcome to Nashville, Tanner. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember remember even walking down the stairs. I think I was shaking too much, but I think uh, I don't know. This place is awesome. I mean, just walking around and seeing seeing all the people singing and all the all the people screaming every night. I think it's I don't know. It seems like a lot of fun here. That is Tanner Molendyke talking after he was drafted back in June uh, here in Nashville, getting drafted by the hometown team. That's got to be fun. And I believe we have him on the line here. Tanner, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you guys? Very good. How are you doing up there? Are you, are you in Saskatoon now or are you, uh, are you on the road? I am actually in Saskatoon right now. Just uh, we play tomorrow. Awesome. That's that's great. So, defenseman for the Saskatoon Blades, first round pick by the uh, Nashville Predators in the 2023 draft. And right now, you are playing with Saskatoon, and uh, you've got three goals, ten assists in the first nine games with the Blades. By the way, that puts you in the top ten in a, in the WHL in scoring among defensemen. Blades are off to an eight and five start. I think you've been a big reason why. Uh, tell us about the start of this season for you. How's it been going up there? Yeah, it's been it's been really good. I mean, it's been busy, a lot of a lot of bus trips, but I mean, uh, they're they're where you get the most memories. And I think, uh, yeah, we had a really good start. We've been on a bit of a bit of a skid here so far, but I think we're gonna gonna get back to work this soon. What what, what are those bus trips like up there in uh, Western Canada? That's got to be that's kind of kind of a long uh, <laughs> kind of a long long trip. So what, how long are those trips up there? Yeah, so. Our, our shortest one's just an hour to PA, and then we had one to uh, Red Deer, which is, I think, six or seven, which is 
big battle, but uh, it's always fun. Yeah. So give our listeners a feel for what it's like to play at a major junior hockey league like the WHL. I mean, you know, in, in the, here in the South, you know, obviously a lot of people here know college football. They know college basketball. They know they know the NFL and all this stuff. But give the, give people a chan- uh, an idea of what it's like for playing for people up in Saskatoon or, 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 or playing on the road in Red Deer or Brandon or some, some of these places. What's the atmosphere like for some of those games? Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually really good. I mean, a lot of people talk down the fans and stuff and say they're not always the greatest in the WHL, but I think they're, I think they're top, top notch. I mean, in um, PA where we are tomorrow, and they, uh, they get the old goalie chant going where they go, you suck, and then they say the last name, which is, I think it's pretty sweet. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's pretty tough to play in, but they're, it's really fun. So I I know that you've you kind of missed a few games here recently. I, I think you've been a little, maybe a little under the weather. Is that, is that what's been going on? Yeah, I just had a little bit of a sickness. We're good now, though. You're all good to go, okay? Because I know you guys play tomorrow. That's that's good to know. Glad glad to hear you're on the mend. Hey, Tanner, this is this is Sean over here on the other side of the studio, and I I noticed, and and maybe there's a little bit of kinship here. I come from a, a hometown of 1,400 people. You come from McBride, which has about 600 people in it. <laughs> um, pretty small town. What besides being the home of future NHLer Tanner Molendyke? What is McBride known for? Yeah, it's actually known for uh, its sledding. I mean, it's a huge, huge sledding town. It's got uh, mountains all around it, surrounded. So, I mean, I think we've won it probably like four times. We've won best sledding, sledding town of uh, British Columbia. So, I think uh, that's what it's known for. That's that's pretty awesome, actually. I don't, <laughs> I don't think, bad. I don't think my hometown has anything that quite compares to that. But that's that's pretty exciting. <laughs> now, I've I've got a couple of questions. Speaking of McBride, speaking of your hometown, growing up, um, I noticed that your father well, seems like he was a pretty prolific goal scorer as a forward. Um, I'm curious if you're the son of a forward who scores goals. Why why play defense? Yeah, he. I think he was a good goal scorer. I mean, he always talks about his highlights and sends them to me. But uh, I don't know. I think I just kind of kind of always started started as a defenseman. But uh, yeah, I think that's always been my thing. It's just kind of taking care of my end. I think that's always been part of kind of what I wanted to be. Does he ever get? Do ever? Does he ever give you like, uh, hey, you should have you should have gone with the backhand here, or hey, you had a you had a, a shot at a you had a chance at a shot here, you should have should have taken it. Does he ever does he ever give you that kind of advice, or does he let you do your thing? No, he's he's pretty pretty on me about that. He's famous words of the old all Swedish, no finish, but uh yeah, I get that all the time. So that's probably nice. that's probably what he says most. Nice. Now now Tanner, it, it seems like at some point, you know, your your hockey skills, you know, everybody knew you were you're headed somewhere and to really kind of take off and go to the next level you had to move away from home and head to the Yale Hockey Academy what what was that experience like having to you know leave your family at a fairly young age to go and play hockey elsewhere if you really wanted to continue your development yeah it was, it was tough I mean uh, I've always been a big big family guy but I mean I had I had a lot of support systems kind of help me I don't know get around and kind of figure out how to not live on my own but live without family so that was that was probably pretty big and i think uh yeah i think i learned a lot from that what what age did you head out to do that out of curiosity i moved out it would have been uh 14 turning 15 
That's that's incredible. I yeah. can't imagine being out um, away from my family for any amount of time at that age. I think I would have been like a just like a like a lost boy or something, just errant and getting in trouble all the time. That's <laughs> well, Sean gets in trouble now. I that's, mean, they, that's not true. That's not an exception. But let me ask you about. So uh, take us back to the. So when you when you first get down here, you know, you get drafted here, being Nashville, you you get drafted. Uh, you go to development camp. That's probably a great experience. But then you get to go to Predators training camp. And I know that those had to be some some uh, some pretty incredible experiences and probably some long days, no doubt about it, in, uh, at the Ford Ice Center. Tell us what that was like for you, your first experience kind of playing and practicing alongside NHL players like Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. Yeah, it was actually it was pretty, pretty sweet. I mean, they did a great job of kind of handling handling all the times and how many guys they had out there, so it was pretty sweet. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, I was kind of starstruck when I kind of stepped on the ice with Forsberg and, and Yossi there the first time. I didn't really know know what I was looking at. I kind of just seen those guys on TV, and all of a sudden I was on the ice with them, so I thought that was, that was pretty special. Was there a – did you have, like, a wow moment where you were like, oh, wow, this is what the NHL is really like? And I mean, like, when you're on the ice, like, going through a drill and, and seeing the speed where you're like, oh, man, this is a next level. Like, was was there a moment like that for you where you kind of were just like, oh, man, this is definitely different? Yeah, it was actually – so they had their power plays going because they were playing the one night, and I got uh, I got the penalty kill against the, the top units. Oh, wow. And I've, nev- I've never seen a puck snap around so fast in my life. So I was <laughs> – that was definitely an eye opener for me. Did, did you did you uh, get a piece of one? Like, did you stop it at all, or, or did they did they score on you? Uh, I think it was in the back of the net before I even turned around to off with you. <laughs> well, that you know that uh, that's gonna happen. Hey, at least it wasn't a real game, right? You know, at least it was practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I want to ask you one more, uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, what away from the ice? You know, let's let's take hockey out of the equation. What what kind of things? You know, what, what's your what's your hobby? What what do you how do you keep yourself entertained while you're recovering between games? I think this is something people don't think about. Like, you know, hockey is such an intense sport, but then you have to spend time recovering and resting. You know, do you play video games? Do you read? Is it your TV and movie guy? What what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I got a good group of guys here, so I think uh, I like to kind of hang out with them. We spend a lot of time together, either I don't know, watching hockey games or uh, yeah, just playing board games and stuff like that. And I don't know. So we spend a lot of time together, kind of just hanging out. So I think that's the biggest thing I kind of do is kind of just getting out of the house and, and hanging out with them. Uh, Alex just put out a, a really interesting article about the current video game obsessions of the guys <laughs> in the Predators locker room. Are, are you a video game guy? What if so? What are you playing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I play. I'm not gonna lie, I play. But uh, I don't mean my cousins have some good uh, good battles on NHL 24 right now. So that's probably the game right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got to play the chill. Uh, yeah, you got to play that. I mean, I know a lot of guys play that. Yeah, I know yeah. Forsberg says he was plans. Maybe he's uh, he's playing. Maybe maybe you're playing against him and don't even know it. Maybe he's out there out there lurking. You know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, I did want to ask you one quick question, just because we just got some news recently about this, and uh, I know everyone is devastated about the the death of Adam Johnson uh, in the EHL and the, uh, the the issue with the neck guards. Recently, and this was like an hour or two ago, the WHL uh, released a statement saying that all players are going to start wearing neck guards on, on this Friday, I believe. So uh, pretty soon. Um, just wanted to get your take on that. I mean, like, is, is that something that you think is, is a good idea? To, to start wearing those on the ice? 
Yeah, I think I think so. I think it's huge. I mean, you see a lot of a lot of close calls. I mean, even even this year, our goalie what got uh, got clipped with one, but it just barely touched. It was like underneath his chin, so it didn't cut him too bad. But oh. yeah, I don't know. My mom texted me texted me after it happened. She's like, "If you're not wearing a neck guard, I'm I'm gonna kill you." That's a good mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I think they're huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it it is, and it, I mean, honestly, when I st- when I played in in high school, I you know I I didn't play anything level that you did. We had to wear them, and then it just kind of stopped. It just kind of was like they they stopped wearing them. I didn't really know why, um, but yeah, I think it's a great idea, and I, th- I think that's a good good move. All right, Tanner. So uh, tomorrow you guys play who? Prince Albert? Is that where you're, is that where you're going? Yeah, that's where we're going. Yeah. Okay, so is, wait, is that a home game for y'all? That's uh, it's gonna be away. It's, it's on the on the road. Okay. Well, good luck in that, and I know you'll be back in action. Uh, good luck to the Saskatoon Blades. Uh, you guys are, are keeping it rolling. Uh, good luck, and uh, hopefully, man, we can see you sometime here in Nashville wearing the the Predators gold. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, Tanner. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Tanner. Bye. Now, of course, you know Tanner plays defense, and the the Predators have had some incredible defenders over the years: Weber, Ellis, Ekholm, Subban, and of course Roman Yossi. But every great defender needs a great partner, and when you're looking to buy or sell a house in the greater Nashville area, you'll find a great partner in Salus Realty Group. Their comprehensive listings offer detailed property descriptions, images, and virtual tours for an immersive experience of Nashville homes for sale. At Salus Realty Group, building relationships is their top priority. With unparalleled customer satisfaction, make Salas your trusted partner in Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets, select your game, and then use this promo code, PBR50. Make sure to enter that, PBR50, and you get 50% off when you check out. That means you don't pay 100% of the ticket. You pay only 50% of the ticket. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. Sean, we got some texts to talk about. But before we do that, can we just take a real quick second to appreciate Tanner Molendyke for coming on the show and also admitting that uh, he about how (laughs) fast the Predators power play was against him and how the puck was in the net before he even turned around. I I mean, that's I I appreciate that, honestly. It's got to be an eye-opening experience when you move (laughs) from, say, a junior league to... NHL level and it's like oh wow this is and and let's not let's not ignore like he's very good yeah. he's very good he's, he's he's a great skater an we didn't elite really skater I would we say di- we didn't really talk he's a what an elite skater I I would agree with that we didn't really talk about it because well we just wanted to talk to him about other things but I mean he's one of the best skaters in that draft easily in a very good draft and. He's going to be very good for this team, I think. I think he's definitely going to make it here. He's already signed his oh, yeah. ELC. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's here next year. Yeah. And um yeah, so he's great. And so for him to come in and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is this yeah. is total domination." <laughs> is tells you the level of uh of that that step that it takes. So, um we have a couple texts. Let me read a couple here. One person texts in, "What are your thoughts on Fagamo and Foodie as pickups? Do either of them have a chance of sticking long term?" I'm going to say I don't know about the long-term thing. I, I, these were When I talked to Barry Trotz about this, he said these were free looks at guys. These are just chances to come in and, and bring these guys in see how they look. He really likes Liam Foody's speed. He likes Fagamo's goal-scoring ability. Neither of them have done anything crazy. Fagamo scored a power play goal. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, but he also said, you know, these guys don't have a secondary skill that sets right. them apart. Yeah. And if they don't develop that, then no, they're not going to stick around long term. So I, w- I would say right now it's like wait and see. I think I think they're getting an extended look too, just because of there's a, a couple of key injuries on the team. Yeah, and so uh, they're really getting an extended chance to show you know whether or not they have that secondary skill that's going to allow them to stick. But I, I wouldn't be surprised um, to see some changes when guys come back from injury. Yeah, Will from Nashville says it's disappointing to see the Canucks sweep us last week and this week, but they've had our number for years. Uh, but it's closer than it used to be. And then he adds, I remember them mopping the floor with us during the Heinz era. So, progress. And I would agree with that. Do you remember a couple years ago, the, the Canucks scored what was like power, five yeah. power play goals? Yeah, it was bad. That was one of the worst. That was like one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Yeah. It was just like no. they kept scoring power play goals. They were like five of seven or something like that. It was one of those shut the TV off games. Yes. That was a, that was a, that was a Heinz era. So, yes, you're right, Will. Um, it, progress? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I also don't think the Canucks are all that great of a team. I mean, they're not, they're not bad. They're they're pretty good, but I don't think they're better than Vegas. I don't think they're better than Dallas or Colorado or Edmonton. So, yeah, it's weird that they have been able to to beat Nashville so much. Um, and then uh, a couple other texts. One one person texts uh, a very long sentence about some. Philosoph, I don't really know what that's about, but then uh, it says, uh, with the season just getting started, do you think the Predators are doing better at this point compared to last season? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to be like a game counter here and go back and analyze the wins and losses, but I'm a lot more encouraged by what I've seen thus far than what I saw at the beginning of last season. Yeah, I, I would agree. And there's a lot of things, a lot of parts of the uh, of the team that have improved. One of which, Sean, is the power play. Oh. So let's talk about that. Okay. Um, I have spent some time looking at the the power play. You know, I, I try to watch most games. Uh, I mean, I, I watch all the games, and then I try to at least go back and watch parts of, of games again to see if we can see anything or notice anything that we can bring up to people. But let's just talk about the raw numbers right now, because right now the power play is actually producing, and that's great to see. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a... Gosh, like a, like a black hole of offense on that it has. power play. It has. Uh, they are currently 12th in the NHL in, in power play, 21%. But since October 19th, which was after they played their fourth game, they are 7th in the NHL, which is at scoring at a rate of 28%. Great. Here's some things that I've noticed. And, and this, is, this, uh, this is an amalgamation of things I've noticed, things that the broadcast has brought up, things that I've heard other people talk about. The, the the biggest thing is the the Roman Yossi factor is has really changed the look of the whole of the whole power play. Him moving from a quarterback style at the top of the unit to just roaming where he's on the left and on the right. I know we've talked about the Roman thing. I, I want to say it again. Okay, go. Yossi's Roman. That's right. Alex. He's Roman. Uh but it, it's it's bizarre, and it's it's changed the dynamic of everything because he can do so many different things. He doesn't have to be in one area, right? And so that's that's a big thing. But then also Ryan O'Reilly moving in and out of the slot area from high to low, not staying there and just like setting up, but he's moving in and out. That's great to see. Now when Glass was in there, it was him and Glass. It was Glass and Ryan O'Reilly kind of switching off right. from the low slot or the or behind the net to the to the slot area. 
Now Evangelista's there. He stays more to the outside. And then Forsberg has been staying on the left side almost entirely. He's been on that left side, passing, shooting, all kinds of stuff. I, I think I think you know you mentioned O'Reilly not just being stationary in front of the net, and I look back to the power play you know a few seasons ago where where Mikhail Granlund had a lot of success, just kind of posting up in front of the goalie and just being obnoxious up there. Adding O'Reilly just kind of I don't know you kind of have to guess about where he is with that movement, and and that element I think just changes that dynamic enough to where. Now you've got to worry about him doing more than just standing there. You've got to worry about him being mobile yeah. and changing the angles and, and all those things. That well, I think is is really I think the I think the key is Ryan O'Reilly. He is he is something else. The O'Reilly factor? Yeah. <laughs> he is something else. Roman. Yeah. And I, I mean he's just a different guy. I mean, we'll have to do an entire show on this, but I, I think Ryan O'Reilly has transformed this team and Many different ways. I agree, and I think his uh, his whole mindset in the in the power play is is what they've needed. They've needed someone that can actually be in the dirty area and get the puck where it needs to go. Yeah. And it's they've never really had that. I mean, Johansson tried to be that. He didn't really do that. Uh, you know, I mean, Mike Fisher kind of tried to do that sometimes. Victor Arvidsson was like uh, a very weird substitute for that. It, it, the whole jump screen stuff. I would say the jump screen. So, like, they've never really had the O'Reilly in there, the O'Reilly factor. The, the O'Reilly second factor. The second unit I'll just touch on real quick is um, right now it's Novak, Parsonen, and either Tomasino or Fragamo, whichever one's in the game. Right. Nyquist and Carrier. So I think it's interesting Alex Carrier getting the uh, primary duties on the second unit. I would have thought Fabro. Yeah, I, I've, and he's played that role in the past. Yeah. I, I wonder what the... Uh, uh, they're just liking something that that Carrier does yeah. back there a little bit Ma- more. Maybe they just maybe it's saving Fabro because he does more of the penalty kill units or Possibly. penalty kill minutes. That would make sense. So, uh, but the key to the second unit is Novak. Oh yeah, Tommy Novak is uh, he's just a beast. There's, you know, you you mentioned O'Reilly coming in and, and changing things, but I think if as much as you want to point to O'Reilly kind of changing things, you want to look at Novak and talk about how he's really, I don't know, there's a dynamic to his game, I think, that that elevates everybody else when he's out there. I think he makes other players, uh, I'm not saying like he he makes them look better, I'm saying he actually makes them better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's not uncommon with a lot of players, you know, yeah. you you have certain players have line mates that can really elevate them, but I think Novak kind of lifts everybody when he's out there. Yeah, I mean, I, everything I'm seeing from Tommy Novak out there just makes me think that between between the three, Novak, Tomasino, and Evangelista, between those three, which they're kind of a cohort, kind of not, between those three, Novak to me is the clear front runner for that guy's going to be not only going to get a, a significant next contract, but he has the chance to be great i mean yeah. like he, he really does i mean his his skill with the puck is un, uh, unmatched with those three. Oh yeah he's great compared to that i mean he could be he could be a second line center like sure right now i mean he is kind of so um so that's great to see i only i want to say this last thing about the the power play before we get going um to the next break but here's i think the three most important things that a power play should do the number one most important thing is to score a goal that's not breaking any nose i know that that's 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 not new. But the second most important thing is to build momentum for the 5 on 5 game. Yeah. 
And the third is to not give momentum to the other team. The power play in the past has been bad at all three of those things. <laughs> it hasn't scored, it hasn't gotten any momentum, and it's given momentum to the other team Yeah, in almost every way for the last three, four, five years. This power play feels different. Now, they don't score every time, but they've been scoring more, and they're building momentum, and most importantly, or third most importantly, not giving any to the other team. Well, so you're saying that the power play is doing well. That means that right now, Brunette is the one calling the shots. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Brunette in charge of the power play until it's bad, in which it's someone else's Somebody job. Somebody else. That's, that's right. right. So, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to preview the next few games for the Predators. We're going to uh, talk about. You know what they what we can expect over the next next three games as they continue on their five game road trip out west, and then we're going to have the three on three draft, a really good topic oh for tonight. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, but look, something I don't look forward to is buying a home, and do you know why? Why? Because it's a very stressful experience. It's a huge decision. There's a lot of things to consider and analyze, but with an experienced real estate professional. At Salas Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville, Tennessee. So whether you're a first-time home buyer, an investor, or you're selling your property, Salas Realty can guide you every step of the way. They have intimate knowledge of Nashville's neighborhoods, schools, and market trends. They'll match you with the perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salasrealtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salas way. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Sean? Alex? I am uh, wondering if you've ever been to Seattle. Yes, I have been to Seattle. What's it like out there? Okay. First off, it's the Pacific Northwest, oh. so there's rampaging Sasquatches <laughs> everywhere. The second, ice conditions. Nice call back are, to previously in the show. Uh, no, uh, Seattle is a really. I, I really enjoyed my time in Seattle. Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, the weather is a little bit different than you're used to here in uh, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it also the city is, uh, in my opinion, it's walkable. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff to do there. Have you ever been to Seattle? I, I never have. I, I really would actually like to go. But the reason I'm asking that is because that's where the Predators are headed next. Oh. So they are headed to Seattle to take on the Kraken. That is tomorrow night. And then they go to Edmonton for an afternoon game. So that'll be fun. So it's a 3 o'clock local start, I guess. So hmm. 4 o'clock here. Is that wow. right? So they play at Seattle. They play at Edmonton. And then they go to Calgary next Tuesday. So then the, that's that's the next three games that the Predators play until we have a show again. I mean, I'd like to see them win two of these games outright. Four four points out of six. I think I would like to see that. I think they can beat Seattle. They proved that they can do that earlier this year. I think so. I think either Edmonton or Calgary. Now, the Edmonton, I mean, we know what happens against Edmonton. Yeah. I, I, things like that happen when you play Edmonton, but I also feel like they have it in their – I think it's they could do it. I think yeah. they could win this game. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a tough a tough game. Um, Calgary, you know they're they're not bad. I mean, I think I think there's a lot there's a lot of teams in the in the Pacific Division that are just really tough right now. I mean, I I wouldn't want to play anyone except for San Jose. Yeah. Um, Calgary's you know they're not they're not really playing well right now, but I think they're still a pretty good team. They got a lot of good players. Um, even Anaheim, I mean, like 
the, the Predators don't play Anaheim on this on this trip, but Anaheim looks pretty good. I mean, they just had a last second win against Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Zegras is starting to get going. They've got a really good they got a good team. I their, mean, their youth are starting to shine. Yeah, L.A. I mean, the Pacific Division. It just seems to me like, I mean, it's definitely Vegas is to win. I mean, like they're gonna they're gonna win that division. Vegas is still very good. I I think they're a shoe in to go to the Western Conference Final. Bold prediction. Let's write that down. That's not that bold. That's a that's it's, a lukewarm it's prediction. Early. It it's is early. a prediction, but it's one I feel down. very confident. Alex in. guarantees. Well, what's your prediction for the Western Conference Final right now? Oh, I don't have a prediction right now. I don't. Well, like you to, have to. I don't go. like to make predictions until American Thanksgiving, Alex. So I'm not. I'm not going to play your little game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to predict it's going to be Vegas and Dallas in the Western Conference Final. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Vegas and Dallas. Vegas wins in six games. Wow. Write that down. Let's, okay, yeah, you getting that down. Get this I'm all writing down. it. All right. Um, by the way, I, I would. I'm just going to add another prediction since we're doing this. Whoa, I didn't know we were doing this, I but um, predictions. I'm going to say Nashville misses the playoffs. Okay, that's my that prediction. Down. Alex guarantees. <laughs> Preds don't make playoffs. You you got to make one prediction. If I'm making all these, putting all this on the line, step up to the plate. I predict. To use a baseball term. That's a baseball term. Step up to the plate. This is a hockey show, Alex. We're going to talk about hockey. And my bold hockey prediction is that everyone's going to have a great time. Okay. That's not a really good <laughs> prediction. But um, So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think I think this is, a, this is a big stretch. I mean, you know, a five-game road trip, you want to come away with a couple wins, and they did not get it started off right with, no, uh, with Vancouver. What do all. you think about, you know, the last time we saw the, the Predators play, you kind of alluded to this earlier. The last time we saw them play like kind of a bad game, you know, Burnett was pretty hot. adamant. He was hot. Yeah, he was. He, he he was he was cheesed off. Ooh, he was he was ornery. He was a bit miffed. He if was. You will. And he got him going, and he got and, he and they they came back and won the next game. You think that happens here? I'd like to see it happen here. I think it can happen here too. Okay. I mean, they've they've had a chance to practice. He's had a chance to let them know how things are going to be give them their marching orders and i guess we'll just see if they respond yeah i think they probably will and um we'll we'll, we'll uh, it'll all get down it'll all get going tomorrow night in uh, edmonton but uh speaking of going let's go ahead and get going with the three-on-three draft oh boy what do you think sean oh i'm, I'm ready it. well i'm i'm ready-ish we'll just say <laughs> okay that. a lot of hard decisions so today's three-on-three draft as uh as our producer uh, producer jake gets us going with the right music here we are drafting. If you don't know what we're doing, this is where we draft a topic. We draft something at the end of the show. It's just a nice little fun end of topic show after covering the Predators for it's, this whole it's show. It's just for fun. Just for fun. Today, we are drafting our TV families. Okay, Sean? Let's, TV families. Okay. Now, here, let's explain this real quick. Let's explain kind of what's going on here. Because um, you have to draft three things... Three, and three it, family members. Three family members. Okay. The first, not the first one, but you have to fill these spots. So this is like a fantasy team, basically. Okay. You got to fill these spots. You got to fill a parent. All right. A sibling. Okay. And a flex or wild card spot. So that last one could be another parent, another sibling, could be something else, a cousin, a grandparent, whatever. Okay. You can obviously go in any order, but at the end of the end of the end of the draft, you got to have a parent, a sibling, and a flex or wild card in that spot. Okay. okay. And I, I just I want to clarify because this always gets a little hairy, mm-hmm. but 
it's not to to make the the funniest family or to make the uh, the, the most entertaining family or the nicest family. It's just. This is who has the best family. Yeah, and and that's producer Jake is going to determine who uh, has the best family. So let's just get it going because I think okay. we just need to see. It. And by the way, here's an example. Since we have the Simpsons going, I'm just going to give this as an example. So like for example, your family could be Homer Simpson, which would be the parent, right? Bart Simpson, which would be uh, sibling. Sibling, yeah. And then like Ned Flanders or something as oh. your neighbor. Or okay. Cousin is he related to them? I don't think he's related. I don't think so. Okay. I haven't watched in a while. Okay. All right, my first round, my first pick in the family draft is Danny Tanner. The best TV dad of all time from Full House. Danny Tanner is my pick as my dad, my parent is Danny Tanner. Okay. And that's a great pick. All right. I uh I'm also going to go with parent first. Not that I'm in danger of you choosing this parent because you've already Ooh, yeah, chosen you, a parent. This is some strategy. You could you could switch around your draft picks because you well, already know I've got a parent. There's a lot here. I think my other options are safe. I don't think we're going to line up. I okay. mean, with you going like with white bread Danny Tanner, I think <laughs> okay. I'm going to be just fine. I'm not particularly worried about it. Okay. I'm going to draft parent. I'm going to go with another dad, mm-hmm. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Is he a dad in that show? Yeah, that's how it ends. How it he has ends. Two stepdaughters and they have a child. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. And that's a great dad because he's going to, I mean, he's like, he's great at everything, right? He's good at everything. Not exactly, not great bedside manner. I don't know. I, I mean, think, I think he'll be fine. If but you came to, again, we're not, we're not talking about, we're talking about best family. Okay. If you came to Ron, Ron Swanson with, you know, relationship troubles, he'd just be like, go eat a steak or something. That's, sand. that's a solid. That's Good a advice. solid solution. I don't. I don't see a problem there. All right, my second round pick. I'm gonna pick Jesse Pinkman as my brother from Breaking Bad. <laughs> you don't know who that is. I, I know who it is. I just. I'm not sure. And I'll what's tell you why. In- because Jesse Pinkman is hilarious, and you want a hilarious brother. You want a hilarious brother that you can chill and hang out with. Maybe go cause some trouble. And, and apparently, and you know, get in and. Crystal meth? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, make some money. I just want to let everybody know that's illegal. <laughs> Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, d- no, d- don't do that. But but Jesse Pinkman is is gonna be my brother because he's awesome. Okay. Everyone loves Jesse Pinkman. Okay. okay go. Just, just right. go Make your pick. All right. Well, I'm 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 gonna go ahead and choose my sibling as well. Um, and like you said, you want a cool brother you can hang out with, have a good time with. Mm-hmm. That's why I choose Bobby Hill. Okay. From King of the Hill. All right. That's good. Bobby. Can you do a good, good uh, Hank Hill impression? No. Okay. No, I'm not, not even. Bobby. I there don't know go. if that's good. That's fine. I just raised my voice. But what is he good at? He's not good at anything. But what do you mean? So look, you complained about Ron Swanson's <laughs> bedside manner. Bobby Hill is all bedside manner. Okay. He's that's caring. Good. He's considerate. Yeah. He's kind. Yeah. I know. I already know that my final pick is not even on your board. And I know you, that it's going You gonna, don't know that. I do know. Okay. I, I know for sure. Okay. I know for sure. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. My third pick in the family draft is a very much a wild card. I would. I guess this would count as a sibling. Okay. I'm going with Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, as my sibling. That's my wild card pick. You know that you're a lot closer than you thought. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm... <laughs> Because so, for for obvious reasons, uh, number one, baby Grogu, uh, baby Yoda, Grogu, as he's called, is um, 
just fantastic. He's he's adorable. He's um, he's helpful. He can get you out of a jam. He's uh, portable. You can carry him anywhere. I mean, he's just awesome. So so I'm going with Grogu as my third pick. All right, my my third pick, my wild card, and I wouldn't consider this a sibling. This By the way, is this just... is the most I've ever listened to the Simpsons theme song. This is like pretty really? crazy. Yeah. Look, okay. Keep going. All right, here we go. You said you knew that it wasn't on my list, and while I'll admit Grogu is not on my list, another alien life form is on my list, and that's Alf. Oh. R- remember Alf, Alex? Alf, yeah. He's back. This time he's on my list of, of, <laughs> of the best sitcom family. Now, what, what planet was Alf from? He was like... Melmac. Okay, all right. You were you were, must have been a big Alf guy. Who, <laughs> who among us, Alex, is not a big Alf guy? I remember the show. I remember thinking that I was supposed to like it, and I didn't really like it that Alex, much. Alex, he eats cats. I know, but like, wait, is that what? a good thing? Do you want cats hanging around? I don't. I, I like cats. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I mean, everybody has their okay. flaws. All right, so I've got Danny Tanner, Jesse Pinkman, and Grogu. You have? I have Ron Swanson, Bobby Hill, and Alf. Okay. Who wins the best family draft? Well, Alex, first of all, I want to say if you want to listen to more of The Simpsons, this is a 10-hour video, so you wow. can listen okay. as much as you Just want. Write that down. Send me that link. Bear me that link. Oh. So, I love Ron Swanson, Sean. I'm concerned about the fit. He's not a parent until the very end of the show. Okay. That's not really who he is in Parks and Rec, so I'm going to give Alex the win oh, here. Danny yes. Tanner is no. the... Is the TV dad, and then Jesse Pinkman's a good brother choice. Danny Tanner's a clear number one overall pick. Wait, what about Jesse Pinkman? I missed that. That's a great brother choice. Yeah, Yeah, he does some illegal things, but he's he's fun to hang out with around the house. There you go. Exactly. I just feel like just listen to music and watch a movie with him. I feel like there's just a level of criminal activity that's beyond (laughs) acceptable. And we don't have to get in. We don't have to talk about that part. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I can take the loss. I feel like things would have gotten awkward if I went three in a row. All right. Well, uh, here we go. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group and uh, Nashville Spartans. Fantastic show. Thank you to Tanner Mullendike for joining us. Uh, We hope everyone had a good time. Stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow night for the uh, next game of the Predator schedule against uh, who was it Seattle <laughs> we just talked about it and um, next week we'll be back 7pm as usual Penalty Box Radio Live John have a good week good night Alex good night